Hi, we are Joel and Lauren Lowry, and this is our podcast, Wholehearted with the Lowrys. Our passion is to see people step into their destiny through discovering how good God really is and what it looks like to live in His love and purpose. We invite you to join us as we talk about life and leadership and how to live a wholehearted life. Right, welcome back to Wholehearted with the Lowrys. We are just loving diving into this material and um, are just so excited to just share more with all of you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. So today we are going to be talking about um, what we call the three selves. Um, But before we dive into that, I just... Uh, I think for us, this has been one of the biggest realizations for our oh, huge for our marriage. Yeah, um, it's a, just to kind of paint a picture of uh, what it looked like early on in marriage uh, with us. Um, we have never really fought a lot, like not too many times. Not like angry, mad, get in the car and, you know, or we don't talk for days or any of that kind of stuff, but just typical disagreements and not seeing eye to eye on everything. Um, But early on in marriage, uh, there would be often a breakdown in communication and I uh, would have a need that I would want met. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe it was my need for respect or attention or some... Probably affection. She needed lots of affection. I don't. I don't need a lot of affection. Um, but uh, uh, but maybe in that moment I did need affection. Um, but I like what we said last week and uh, last episode. Just the d- different needs that we have. Um, so I would have a need and um, and would feel bad that I had the need. Like oh, I shouldn't need attention. Like I should be okay, and or I shouldn't need acceptance, or I shouldn't need affection, or, or I shouldn't need comfort. Like I can, I should just be able to handle this on my own. Um, and I would feel bad that I had the need and I didn't want to communicate it to him. Uh, but then I would feel isolated and disconnected because I had this need that I was carrying myself and I couldn't communicate it to my husband. Um, or I would communicate something and we were always working on my problems. I felt like um, uh, Joel, like I would often have lots of needs and felt bad I had needs. And so we always had to work on, on my needs. And then I didn't know how to love him. like Because I had no needs. Because he had no needs. Like I, I lived under the illusion, and I think it's probably more common with men, and it's definitely something pervasive in Christian culture. Um, that to be mature or spiritually mature is that you don't need anything from anybody, that you've got it all together and that you're a self-made person and why would I uh, need anything? And so I lived out that way and uh, it was toxic for my relationships because uh, really what that's called is pride. It's not the loud, necessarily arrogant pride, but it's it's pride nonetheless. It's, it's pride that's subtle um, and that is really kind of destructive. Mm-hmm. And for people who live with people like that, um, it's very isolating. You feel really alone because it's like I'm living with this person and sleeping next to this person and doing life with this person, but I don't really know this person. And um, they they won't let me into the innermost parts. And, I, and honestly, I felt like 
is I know that you are not perfect, but why do you why is there never anything wrong with you? Like why don't we ever fix anything on you? Because I know you're not perfect, but you won't even let me know yeah. the things that you're struggling with. Um, and the truth is, I wouldn't even let me know the things that I was struggling with. Like I, I just would like kind of tough it up and not really deal with stuff. And so what I found actually is that uh, life was piling up on me, um, and I was avoiding it. I was in a lot of ways sticking my head in the sand and not dealing uh, with the hurt and disappointment and pain and and just those things that I had experienced. Um, I had stuffed them, and so. Uh, eventually, I would have to pay uh, the price of uh, all of that stuff uh, that I had been carrying around and not dealt with. I had to unpack my bags, uh, and it was it was challenging. It was difficult. It was actually difficult in, uh, in our relationship, not in a bad way difficult, but I began to have to process all of this stuff. Um, and for her, the the knight in shining armor uh, finally had some, some some tarnish on the armor and, and uh, some difficulty, and so that began... Uh, to kind of reshape our dynamics as I begin uh, really to get healthy. Um, and I think people in self-reliance uh, don't, it's it's hard to see that they're unhealthy, um, f- at least from a little ways away, because it seems like they've got everything together. They're doing what they need to do. Um, everything seems to be functional. Um, and while it's functional, it's actually dead. And, uh, and that's really in a lot of ways where I was on the inside is that I, uh, was isolated and alone, and I didn't even necessarily know uh, know myself. Yeah. Yeah, so Joel lived his life at a very level bandwidth. Very narrow bandwidth. Very narrow bandwidth. And not a lot of joy, not a lot of pain. And so, uh, yeah, the, the, and the reality is the way that God's created us, it's genius, is that um, we'll only experience uh, joy to the extent that, the will, that we're willing to experience process pain. And so uh, some people uh, have high levels of joy, but it's because they've done the work uh, to dig in on, on the pain. And then some people uh, where I was, was like not a whole lot of pain that I processed, but I wasn't experiencing a whole lot of joy either. Life uh, seemed pretty pretty steady, which wasn't bad in a lot of things, um, but but there wasn't I wasn't experiencing uh, the joy uh, of the Lord that would provide life to me and to the people around me. Um, and, and it's it's got the brilliance of God's design is that um, when we experience trauma, what happens is our bandwidth uh, shrinks so that uh, we don't experience more trauma because an open bandwidth, you're going to just get like pulverized. And so, so it like puts it on pause so that we can get into a place of safety, experience the pain, and then it opens back up and it keeps us from living out of really like a, a false joy uh, with a bunch of stuffed pain. And so it's God's design for our health. But what happens is, is that when we don't, when we stuff it, when we don't uh, experience process pain, let God into it, let him heal it, then what happens uh, to us is uh, that we get stuck and we don't have a whole lot of joy. And uh, for me, that looked like depression um, and, and uh, really kind of putting all the problems uh, off or even on to Lauren, making it seem like she had the problems. Yeah. Yeah. So like what we said, we went um, on that marriage retreat um, back in 2009. Um, And I think that was the first time we were exposed to um, the three selves. Yep. And so the three selves are uh, selfishness, self-reliance, and self-condemnation. And like we, what we said in the last episode, that sin is getting a legitimate need met illegitimately. And so we all have needs. 
And um, it's like a baby, like a baby has needs and that baby is going to get its needs met one way or another um, by screaming or crying or whining or whatever. And um, and I, I think us as adults, we actually don't really grow past that <laughs> baby likeness. We just get more creative and, um, and a, little bit, unhealthy. a little bit more intelligent in how we get our needs met. Um, and so... Um, the reality is, is that we all have needs and we will get them met one way or another. The question is, are we going to get them met in a healthy way or an unhealthy way? Yeah. In a way that builds relationship and trust and caring and connection and all of those things. And leads us into the way that we were created to live. Yep. Or are we going to uh, just be toxic, really? And a lot of times for most people, it's subtly toxic. It's not like catastrophic for relationships, but it, it erodes trust and life and love and connection uh, over a long period of time. And uh, and it's, I think, a lot of ways where people are married uh, for several years and they begin to drift apart. It's because they, they just don't know how to communicate their needs and healthily get their needs met. So the, the three selves uh, are selfishness, self-reliance and self-condemnation. And selfishness is this, it's that I, recognizing I do have needs and I'll take to get my needs met. And so no matter uh, what, I'm going to get my needs met and I'll do whatever I need to do. I will uh, take um, maybe by control or force or even by uh, manipulation and withdrawal, but I'm going to get my needs met um, because I don't trust that anybody else will. And so the antidote, the key uh, to dealing with selfishness in your life, and we probably all have uh, a little bit of selfishness in there, uh, is uh, trust. And and it starts this way. It's that I would trust God and others to get there with uh, the needs in the same way that they trust me. And so, so it's creating this uh, free-flowing uh, way of meeting needs and living in relationship. And so it's, I'm, I'm trusting you and ultimately I'm trusting God. So, so Lauren's not the one that meets my needs. It's not on her to take care of my needs. It's not even her responsibility. I actually trust God and he loves to love us and he loves to love us through other people. And so when we begin uh, to trust uh, and communicate uh, appropriate to the relationship, um, then we end up living uh, in, a, in a healthier way. Yeah, and how we do that with our kids, because um, if you've ever experienced selfishness uh, to the utmost, it's usually with kids, like because they don't haven't quite figured out how um, how to get their needs met in a healthy way, and there's just a lot of needs whenever you're a kid, yep. and so um, the way that we work on it with our kids is um, helping them recognize just the need that they're trying to get met. Um, and, you know, maybe it's our three-year-old that wants to be included in the play that his sisters are doing. <laughs> and, and, we, and we help him recognize. We say, oh, you know, you want to be included in this group, don't you? And typically he'll say yes. Um, and so, but you're being really selfish right now by hitting them and demanding that they include yeah, you. Tearing down what they're playing tearing with. Tearing down what they're playing with or, you know, being obnoxious. Um, if you want them to include you, then you need to tell them, I want to play too. Um, and and just helping give our kids the language for that. Because oftentimes, if we act that way as an adult, it's because as a child, we weren't given that language. And so um, I have needs. I don't trust that someone's going to meet my needs. And so I'm going to take to have that need met. Um, and maybe 
it, you know, as a kid, like what we said with the di- with the baseball diamond, that that you had a need. The people in your life didn't know and care for you. Um, and they didn't serve you, and they didn't build trust with you. And so now, as an adult, you um, you manipulate, or you control, or you demand that your need gets met because simply because that need was never met in childhood. And this is just the way that you've learned how to relate as yeah, an adult. It's, it's your way of life, and it, what it, it really is is it's exalting your needs. It's saying my needs are the most important, uh, at least to me, and they should be with everybody else. They become the priority, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, it really takes trust mm-hmm. to get there. And it may it makes sense, you know, if we are running on a deficit, um, that we would operate that way as an adult. Yep. Um, but but like Joel said, it trust really is the antidote. And so if you recognize, yep, I can see this is a tendency in my life. What we want to challenge you to do is that your next um, time that you feel yourself being pushed towards manipulation or control or demanding that your needs get met, um, that you just choose to trust. And first, that is. God, I trust you to meet my need in this area, my need for attention, affection, comfort, respect, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I trust that you would meet my need. I ask you to meet my need, and then and then that you would then appropriately communicate that to whoever you're interacting with. So maybe you tell your spouse, hey, I recognize I really need respect in this area, and whenever my need for respect is getting pushed on or not met, I, I recognize that I get selfish and I demand that you will respect me as your husband or as your mm-hmm. wife or as your mom. You will respect me. I recognize that I've been selfish in that, but I want you to understand this is a high need of mine. I need to feel respected. And this is what respect looks like for me. And, I, and I'm going to trust you now to meet that need for respect um, next time the opportunity arises. Yeah. And so one, one of the keys is like that, that communication and trust. And, and I think even acknowledging to God, like putting a label, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. This is the lack I'm experiencing. In fact, I did that several years ago. I was going to church before I had Sunday church responsibilities. And I was feeling really discouraged. And so I just told God, I was like, I need some encouragement. And, uh, and so I did, and that day, three random people, people I didn't know well, weren't in my like close circle of friends in three different places, just encouraged the mess out of me. And it was incredible. And I realized, hey, God really is my source, and He hears my needs, and He meets them. But uh, another way out of that, because selfishness keeps your eyes fixed on you, is to give first. Look for how you can be a blessing to other people, how you can give to other people. Um, and, and if you do that, then uh, you'll, you'll begin to tap into uh, the overflow of heaven that allows you uh, really to, to let God in and let him love you. And then you begin to give what you've received from him. So don't give without a hook. Giving first is not I'm giving so that I'll get. It's giving so that I can invest in healthy relationship and I'll trust, um, not manipulate. Yeah. Yeah. So the next self is self-reliance. And self-reliance says, um, I have no needs, and if I did, then I would get that need met myself. And so it's kind of this language of, um, you know, a a kid comes to you and is like, I need new shoes. And the response is, well, when I was your age, I walked to school barefoot in the snow for three miles, you know, and— Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. You know, it's that—it's that why why do you have needs and— and you should just figure out how to get that need met yeah. yourself. Tough it out. Tough it out, yeah. Um, and so the antidote for uh, self-reliance is humility. Yep. It, it's letting other people in. It's saying, hey, I actually do have needs. I'm not all uh, sufficient, self-sufficient, but I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you 
love love me. I'm gonna let I'm gonna show you my weakness. And a, a word that some people love these days, and, and I've talked to other people that hate it, is is I think a synonym with humility is vulnerability. And and we don't like vulnerability because one of the definitions to vulnerability is to be open to attack. Um, and but the but the other side of it is is that it takes vulnerability to be open to connection. That's the nature of vulnerability. It's that I'm opened up. I'm giving you my heart. It's like I'm taking my heart out of my chest, putting it in your hands, and you can either squeeze the life out of it or you can nurse it into life. And so that's the the requirement of vulnerability is that I I let people in. Um, and the starting place is actually to let you in, let yourself in. Say, hey, I I'm actually not doing. Well, um, and you may need to start with you and God for a bit and just say, hey, you know what, God, I, I, I'm angry. I'm really disappointed about the way this happened, or I just really feel uh, lack right now. And then uh, to let trusted people in, you know, we're, we're called to live in humility. Vulnerability is an aspect of, of that humility. Um, but it doesn't mean that everybody gets to, to know everything or that everybody uh, gets to have input in my life. That's not healthy. That's not necessary. Um, and there is a, a, is a difference, by the way, between uh, transparency and vulnerability. Um, I, I want to live what one guy called a, a glass house life, that everybody um, gets to see what's going on in my life, that I would let people uh, see me. I think that's part of being a leader is that uh, you set an example for people, not just with your words, but with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, there are certain people that, that I let into that glass house that actually, uh, and that's vulnerability, that's the difference between the two, and, and they get to have an impact on me. They don't just get to see from the outside in, but they actually get in and they, they uh, are able um, to challenge me, to encourage me, to love me, um, all of those kind of things, correct me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think if you're dealing with self-reliance, <laughs> just begin to recognize, hey, I'm not doing okay, or like I feel a little down, or or I'm having a hard time. Another thing, by the way, I almost left this out with self reliance um, and vulnerability is uh, it's kind of that bandwidth thing that that while I let people into the difficult things, that I also let people into the good things and that they celebrate with me. One of my my heroes is uh, a guy named Jordan Peterson, and and what Jordan says is that a real fin- friend will celebrate with you uh, and not one up you, um, but they'll they'll just. Uh, enjoy your highs. And so I think that's a, a key is that we would let people in to celebrate with us. And you'll know uh, that you can let somebody celebrate with you if they'll also hurt with you and not try to fix you um, and not compare your pain to their pain, um, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. So the third self is self-condemnation. And self-condemnation says, I do have needs, um, but I feel bad that I do. Um, and so I, I think oftentimes, I know for me as a, a woman, just the messages that are sent is um, you're too much, you're emotional, you're whiny, you're, you know, just the things that you're needy. Um, and so I think from a young age, it can often uh, be communicated to to women uh, and men, but I think a message to women is that your needs are too much. Mm-hmm. Your needs are too much to handle. And if you grew up in an atmosphere where maybe there were a lot of kids um, or uh, or just your home life was unstable or um, there were a lot of stress factors um, in your family, it could have been communicated to you that uh, your needs are too much and, and you should not have those needs. Um, and so then... 
whenever we step into adulthood, we uh, we feel like we're bleeding out and we have all these needs and, and we don't know how to communicate it and we feel bad that we have these needs. Um, and so then in shame, we shrink back. Um, and so I think self-condemnation really puts shame on people. Um, and, 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 and I feel like a burden and I feel like my life is too much. And, and I, I don't, I've just got to, to just not, um, not be exposed and not be too, not be too much to handle, um, so that I don't, so I'm not a burden to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and the antidote to self-condemnation is gratitude, um, and and whenever God really started to chip away on self condemnation in me, it was really hard for me to understand that antidote. Like, uh, how does gratitude actually displace this feeling of shame? Um, but as I began to practice gratitude, um, it started to um, open up my eyes to see that I was actually really worthy of these gifts that were coming into my life. I really was worthy um, because there's a sense of unworthiness connected with uh, self-condemnation. And um, and so um, I practice gratitude regularly in order to keep that self-condemnation displaced in my life. Yeah, and, and I think gratitude is actually the key to receiving. If you can't yeah. give what you haven't received, well, the, the, the on button for your, your receiver is gratitude. And one of the things about gratitude is uh, it, it's bigger than a thank you, um, and, and it's it's uh, deeper than that. It's really a confession that you did something for me that had an impact on me, um, that that really moved me, that I needed. Um, and, and when you do that, while it sounds like you would be vocalizing a level of unworthiness, it's actually um, the key to receiving. And so it does say, hey, like what you wanted, the worth you wanted to impart to me, I actually received that worth, and gratitude is the key to doing that. Um, and so I think gratitude is the key to killing self-condemnation. I think religion loves self-condemnation. We, like, religion preaches self-condemnation. I was going to say we, I don't preach that that mess. Um, but self-condemnation is like, oh, you're just an unworthy sinner. You don't deserve anything. And it's like, yeah, if, if, if faith were a meritocracy um, and I got what I earned by my works, then yeah, I probably don't deserve anything. But but the key to faith is actually um, that I'm adopted into the family of God and, and I'm a child of God as a son of God, as a daughter of God. Um, I, I get um, blessed. God gives to me and my, my right, even my, my kingdom privilege isn't about what I've earned. It's actually about my relationship. And therefore, my worthiness goes up because I've been adopted into the family of God. And in fact, you and I were, were royalty. And because we're royalty, we, ha we have a level of worthiness that isn't based on works. It's actually based on, on relationship. Yeah. So maybe today we um, just touched on those, you know, as we touched on those three that you you recognize, yeah, I, I see this, this is a way that, I, and I think we can cycle through the three just based on different oh, yeah. circumstance. But if you really felt like one was highlighted um, today, we want to challenge you to really um, be aware of that as you as you go about your week and and to be aware of those antidotes to to really practice um, displacing selfishness and self reliance and self condemnation in our lives with those things. And and I think as you do, um, you will begin to just see health in your relationships mm -hmm. um, and your joy increase. Yeah. 
Hey, we want to thank you for listening. We are now three episodes in. This has been a, a goal, a dream for us. Um, if this has been meaningful to you, uh, like it, share it, let your friends know, let us know. We'd love to hear from you um, just how uh, this uh, Wholehearted with the Lowry's is impacting uh, your life. So thanks for listening. Thank you.